This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Report, recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. Hebe pulsating, dominating up above. It's Run DMC style, so stop and show love. To your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I'm not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, it is gonna get, it's going to get a lot less weak. We're going to talk about what... Uh, what is one of everybody's favorite topics in all the world? All the world of topics, and that is arcade games, video games, and all of that sort of related stuff. We're going to start off with a little talk about what's going on with this, and a little talk about what's that. Let's, uh, have a new thing from Iceberg. It's another mix. All right, hit it. Iceberg, thanks from that. I I appreciate you getting back on the mix every once in a while. You really uh you really got something fun out of that um that speaking spells. Speaking spells are cool, I guess, from from back in the old days when I when I had the chance to play with one. I always I had fun for a little bit, but it is it is basically an educational toy that's asking you to asking you to spell things. It's it's cool that it has a voice and at the time that was that was magnificent. Do you remember when those greeting cards started popping off that had uh, recorded messages inside of those? Like on some of them, they would have like a pre-recorded thing, and other ones you'd pop it open and you'd hear you would hear like your grandma saying "Happy Birthday." I I used to trip out on those when I was when I was a young when I was a young sprat. I would I would always take the recorder out out of the card and then. I never did anything productive with it. It wasn't like I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, but take it out. Then I would make these these fantastic hip-hop jams off the recordings. I didn't. I would just kind of take them out and mess with them till they till they inevitably inevitably got destroyed. What, we, what we're going to talk about on this week's episode is the top five arcade games of of all the times. The the arcade era was a uh, it was a nice, nice bit of the past. It was a, a time that we we all enjoyed. We all had fun. It was something we all look back upon with, with a with a great degree of a great degree of love. And it isn't as if the arcade era is over. We have we have an arcade fun center the next town over. Arcades are more they're more arcade slash fun centers nowadays. They have some games. They got some redemption games. They got some they got some stuff like mini golf or whatever. Whatever the attraction may be, there aren't really, 
there aren't really a whole ton of like standalone arcades that that feature video games. I know, I know there's Arcadia. I think there is. There's one in Chicago. There are there are some retro arcades pop up from time to time. There's one. There's one in I believe Alameda. I keep I keep talking to uh, Doug McCoy about potentially doing a meetup over there, but he says they have a lot of Mame, a lot of Mame machines as opposed to. As opposed to original cabinets, so I'm not I'm not dying to go there. I'd like to see Doug, but I'm not dying to go over there and uh, play some Mame. I can do that. I can do that at Juice Shack. They have a Mame machine at the Juice Shack over in Montgomery Village. That every once in a game, when I'm walking by, I'll stop and play a couple rounds of couple rounds of something. That usually that usually gives me my my arcade fix. But we do we do go to the Fun Center, Scandia sometimes from time to time. 2.0 likes the uh. She likes rhythm games, and they got a they got a bunch of like K-pop games over there that she's that she's into. I I mostly play like like Street Fighter when I'm over there. They have a couple like retro meme cabinets, and they got they got all the games you'd want to play. You know your your Burger Time or what what have you, and Moon Patrol, uh, Berserk. They have they have all those games in there, and it's it's pretty much the same. So it's no. It's no big deal to mess around with one of those, but um, when I get there, I usually, I usually get drawn to playing Street Fighter. I wasn't massively into Street Fighter back in the, back in the olden times. I would, I would play from time to time. I, I like, uh, I like M Bison. He's he's my favorite dude. I like it that he, I like it that he's so one dimensional. All he can do is punch, and he, he's obviously based on Mike Tyson, and I was like a big Mike Tyson guy. So, it's fun. It's fun to try to beat the. The various martial artists using only the uh, only the skills of Western boxing. I have a lot of I have a lot of fun doing that. I also sometimes like to use the Native American guy whose name eludes me right now. Um, of the original dudes, I I like Dalzim. I like using my reach, my reach and my wits to win fights. I don't know I don't know many combos. I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy who has the has the combo moves in effect. I just kind of punch kick do a bit of grappling and try to try to win using my my basic skills and it's you know it's always fun back in back in when we we had a we had an Aladdin's castle in the downtown mall that was that was like the center of my of my arcade universe I would go there with my with my folks when we would do the mall trip there was it was down on the corner and then on the other corner of the it was a small block, like an edge, edge block, and on the other side of it was some kind of a store that sold, like, stickers and candy, like candy by the pound, and my folks would give me a small amount of money to goof around the mall with, and I would usually, i usually go and use it all at Aladdin's Castle. Sometimes my bro would, he would get some, like, gummy bears by weight, so when we were, when we were back home, you know, I'd have spent my three dollars on arcade games and had nothing to show for it, but a little fun, he'd be, he'd be sitting there eating, um, eating gummy bears, and I would, I would be mad jealous, he, he, he outthought me on that one, but I got a lot of good memories of hanging out, hanging out in Aladdin's Castle back in the, back in the day, Aladdin's Castle hung around here for, for a long time, it's a, it's a Victoria's Secret now, the Victoria's Secrets took over that space, and also the, the sticker slash candy store. So that whole segment is just one one giant underwear store where I used to where I used to spend my time playing Tempest and playing Frogger is now an emporium of ladies' underwear. <laughs> it goes to I don't know, it goes to show 
goes to show the time. If I if I recall correctly, the Aladdin's castle had the had the more fancy opening. The kind of looked like a Middle Eastern door, kind of kind of pointy and stuff. If you if you dig what I'm saying, if you can picture that back, it had had that door motif. It was it was really dark in there. It was like pitch black, and who knew what kind of what kind of weird stuff was going on in the in the far corners? I was, like I said, just a youthful uh, sprat. But there were, there were like older dudes in there too, you know, eighteen, twenty, and up. And I, I imagine there was some kind of a kind of a kind of something going on. Maybe some you know illicit deals or whatever. I don't I don't know. But it did it did have this this exciting sketchy feel. It always felt like when you were in there. And you were doing the thing where you put your your token up on the up on the top of the game so that you're playing you get to play next. It was as a youth, you never knew if you were actually gonna get you were gonna get your turn or not. They they might just they might just knock you aside and continue on with their game. You never know. I I've, I've even seen it to where dudes got the token snatched by bigger by bigger bullies. But those are the risks you faced, and those are the risks that they made uh made the whole experience. Made the whole experience more exciting. There was always this, you might die. You might get switchbladed by some by some hooligan in a denim jacket with an Iron Maiden patch on the back. And like, long, long feathered hair. There were a lot of a lot of guys like that. Um, I I still go by there all the time. And I see, I see the Victoria's Secrets on the wall where the opening of the Aladdin's Castle used to be. There's, there's like a few soda machines. They kind of fixed it up and they, they put like a bathroom over there, uh... A public bathroom, but I, I still wish it was the Aladdin's castle. I I know you couldn't pay mall rent. The mall rent here is it's ludicrous, but I still think that the arcade is a is a viable economic idea. If you can find if you can find a place with affordable rent, I think that I think people need things to do. People want things to do. People want to get out of the house. And if you, you get a nice building, you fill it full of video games, you put a put a snack bar you have a nice environment you know you make it you make it cool people people will probably come i don't know i don't know where you could do that in santa rosa the the, the rents here are they are off the chain especially after the fire rents have gone rents have gone through the roof when we were visiting my folks we were looking at mall real estate like they had a they had a couple places up for rent and they we inquired about the prices and they're like five to seven hundred dollars to be in being what's like a mainstream mall i think that if you could if you could get that kind of a deal you could you could probably bring it like an aladdin's castle style uh style store back to back to a mall i i've seen weirder weirder things happen maybe maybe you're making a front for money laundering like in that in that show ozarks maybe that'll That'll help your finances a smudge. There was also Chuck E. Cheese. The difference was, though, you had to go, you had to go and eat at Chuck E. Cheese. You couldn't, well, you could if you wanted to, I guess, go and use the arcade, but I, I never did. So I didn't go there anywhere near as much as I went to Aladdin's Castle. I, I plan on dedicating some time to Chuck E. Cheese after a while. I have some, I have some really neat memories of that place. It was... It was really great. It was in the Brickyard Plaza, if I am remembering correctly. And they had one big main arcade, and then they had like a smaller room, and they had a big main a big main auditorium where the where the band would play. And then underneath there was like this maze that you could crawl through. And there were always 
all kinds of weird shenanigans. That's where that's where the weird kids would go and try to hide from Chuck E. Cheese or try to hide from the birthday party. It was kind of goth, kind of gloomy under there, even though even though it was brightly lit and brightly colored. Um, I, I got a lot, a lot of fond memories of, of Chuck E. Cheese. I I still go from time to time. You'll get like invited to a kid's birthday party. The the one in Brickyard Plaza is gone, but there is there's a Chuckies over in Roner Park. It's nowhere, it's nowhere near the same. It's all, it's all Redemption games. Back in back when I was into it, the the main crux of everything was was of course arcade games. They would have other things like you remember those Bio Rhythm machines. They would print out these cards with all kinds of all kinds of stats for what your life was going to be like. They had those. They had the Funky Maloon. Those machines that would. They would blow up balloons. They would have the chickens that would spin around and and spit eggs. And there was there was skee ball. There was of course redemption. But I remember that the arcade games were were the main crux of all fun when you were when you were a young boy. We we're going to we're going to cut right now. We're going to cut. We're going to move into at the movies. And then when we come back, we're going to have my top five arcade games of all the times. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Ladies and gentlemen, how about another round of applause? You get a little bit out of time, and that's all it takes to put you down on the ground. Here's Brady Jaffee. No more riding, no more rodeos. Some guys, they get scared to get on again and then they end up becoming farmers. Keep that right, Brady. You don't let no pain put you down. I'd sell Gus, Brady. You can't sell Gus. It's not like you can ride anymore. This past Monday, we saw a movie that that was uh, a little off the norm for what I what I usually talk about here on the show, but I thought that I thought that it was so good that I, I wanted to share it with you. It's a movie called The Writer. It it actually came out late last year, but it is it is just now reaching our our Artie Farty theater here in in Santa Rosa. We uh we actually saw this on Memorial Day. We went we went really early in the day. I think it was I think it was like ten o'clock, and there were there was a good amount of people in the in the theater. I realized it was. It was a holiday. This was the arty farty big feature opening up for the for the holiday weekend. This was this was what was competing with with Solo in the in the arty farty farty circuit. The movie was directed by Chloe Zhao, who I am not I'm not overly familiar with her work. To be perfectly honest, she she did a movie the other year saw called uh, "Songs My Brother Taught Me" that that has gotten a lot of good reviews, but I have not. I have not seen it myself. The movie stars, it stars a dude named Brady Jandro as Brady Blackburn. And the co-star is the movie Tim Jandro as Wayne Blackburn, his his father. The The story is of that a, a rodeo chap, a, a hardcore rodeo up-and-comer. He, he takes a fall from his horse. He gets, he gets a... A catastrophic brain injury that 
that prohibits him from writing any further. It's the story of this guy learning to adjust to to the world of the of the normals of the non the non rodeo folks. Rodeo is rodeo is so darn dangerous. These guys are up there with the most the most extreme of all the extreme athletes. You are you are guaranteed to take a giant fall just about every time you get on a Bronco. I I assume that there is the chance you can you can break the Bronco and it'll just uh it'll just stop. But for the most part, you're gonna get tossed and you're gonna get tossed hard. There there is no way to fake gravity. You're gonna hit the earth with with a lot of force. These guys these guys are the toughest of the tough, and our, our guy. Our guy Brady in the story comes from the upper, the upper part of America, almost, almost into Canada. The people have, they have Canadian-like accents. He's in, like, North Dakota, and it is so rural there. It is, it's just practically, it's practically the wild. There is miles and miles and miles of open space. It's, it's gorgeous there, but it is, it's for the toughest of the tough. You're out there. You're out there on your own, and these guys have a hard time adjusting to a world where Brady is no longer on the circuit. He was he was a real up and comer, so him him going down and out is it affects the whole group. And you, you got to see these tough guys they they kind of prod him. They're trying to to a small degree get him to go back, but he tells them that he tells them that a brain injury is not the same as a back injury. The the problem he has is in his hand. His hand is having a hard time grabbing a hold of, grabbing a hold of the ropes. Okay, here is, here is the hook of the movie. This was something that I did not know going in, and it was, it was quite interesting and distinct. The, the fellow that, um, did you just hear that? That was, that was Jen Erso falling off my, my Star Wars shelf here on, here on the moon base, I got this Saw Guerrera figure that I love, but Saw falls down all the time. And when he does, let me pick her up. Let me get her Jin. He always takes Jin with her. This is the the 3.75 inch Jin Urso Star Wars Black. I got her at Walmart. She was on clearance. She cost three dollars. I I got her, and then the very same day that I opened her, I I lost her gun. So, yay for me. Anywho, here is. Here's the hook of the movie. The Chap Brady, the main star, is actually a rodeo writer who suffered a catastrophic brain injury right at the time of the filming. You were watching him go through what is his real life. And the person who plays his father is, in fact, his real-life father. His sister is his real-life sister. All the people around him are really, they're really his friends. It is... It is the weirdest, most realistic thing I have ever seen in a movie that was not directly a documentary. It is, it's wild. It's also, it's super sad. It's a super sad story. I, I was not brought to any theater tears as I, as I sometimes do, but there were points where I, I was, I was starting to feel a bit of a breakdown. It's, um, it's a hard, hard thing to watch, um, Watch good old Brady go through, go through just not knowing what to do with his life. He thought that, he thought this rodeo thing was going to be his thing. And now he's, he's bagging groceries and 
His family has money problems because he also worked as a horse rider and a horse trainer. And he can't, he can't ride without risking a fall. Anytime you go up on a horse, you might, you might fall. And if he falls, that could be it. That could be a wrap. I myself, I don't have a lot of experience with horses. I have, I have ridden a horse a few times. I am not comfortable in any way, any way doing so. I would say... I would say if pressed, I could stay up on a horse, maybe, maybe at a brisk walk. No way a run, no way a trot, maybe a brisk walk. I think that I could, I could do it. I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't be comfortable. The horse would feel it. <laughs> the horse would throw me off. I would get a catastrophic brain injury and that would be, that would be it for my, my whatever career, whatever career it is that I, that I happen to have. The movie was, the movie was unlike Anything I have ever seen in a in a story of this sort, in a what's the word I'm looking for, in a fictional narrative. I've never seen a movie in anything like this. I I highly recommend it. I do have to tell you, it is sad. It there is no music during the course of the movie. A lot of it is just very quiet. I think they're trying to show you what it's like out in the world there, in that in that part of the world. It's beautiful, but it is very much the wild, you know, to a degree. It's settled, of course, but. You are, you're out there on your own, and they're, they try to illustrate the silence of, of being out there on your own. So, right now on Rotten Tomatoes, the movie is, it's sitting pretty at 97 with the critics and 81 with the peeps. It may be not as many folks as critics like it, I guess. That, that was, that was my greatest piece of analysis of all time, so... The people don't like it as much as the critics. You can tell this because the people give it a lower score. I am an analytical genius. You guys, you guys don't know how lucky you are to have me. The movie runs for one hour and 44 minutes. It was put out by Sony Picture Classics, directed by Chloe Zhao, star Brady and Tim Jandreau. And with all that said, on the good old-fashioned source magazine, Mike Meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I am going to go ahead and give... Gonna give the writer four mics. Four mics. This is Don Fry, and you're listening to Toys R Us Report. Touch it down, I'll kill you. Scarecrow and Mrs. King will not be seen tonight, but will return next week at this time. This week, our boy, Icy Robots, has something fun and at least a little bit special. But look at his top five favorite working video games of all the times. Like we learned in the... In the first segment of the show, I I like an arcade game as much as maybe a little bit more than the than the average guy of nowadays. So in celebration of that, I thought that we would go over my top five arcade games of all the times. Now I want you I want you to think and realize that this is this is just me, man. This is just what I think. You are certainly entitled to entitled to disagree with me, to agree with me, to to make your own list. I would love if you guys sent me your own list of arcade games. It would 
It would be a hoot to share, compare, and contrast, I guess. I, I just, I have such a, a fond, a fond set of memories of the, of the arcade days. It was, it was back when video games were, they were new and fresh. They were so new and fresh that you would have to pay at least 25 cents, if not 50, or even a dollar to play a game. Nowadays, you know, it's cool, man. You got them in your house. You can... You can play all day. They cost a bit, but you can play as much as you want, and and people do. I myself, I am not much of I'm not much of a home gamer. I have been in the past, but not not so much nowadays. I I kind of stopped at the at the PlayStation Three. I I do fire it up every every once and again, but it's um it's just you know it's not my favorite hobby. I like to write. I like to do this. I like to. I like to stand action figures up. I occasionally play with Blado or, or draw robots. I I can't I can't judge. I won't judge. I do I do what I like and what I what I like to do is talk about things. Things from the past, things like things like top five arcade game lists of all the of all the all the times. I I had a good time putting this together. It was it was cool to dig in there and pull some of these some of these memories out, there are so many, so many fond memories in my, in my brain, in my brain stem, in my lizard brain about, um, about video games that I, I had a hard time narrowing it down, but I was able to do so. So without further ado, the way we're going to do this is five is the worst. One is the best. It's the opposite of the good old fashioned source magazine, Mike meter. So without Without further ado, let's find out what my fifth favorite video game in the arcade realm is of all the times. Number five, Smash TV. Let's go! My, my number five all-time arcade game is a game known as Smash TV. Smash TV came out in 1990, so it was it was at the tail end of the arcade era. It was it was released by by Williams. I I must confess I did not play this game in in any of the big arcades. Aladdin's Castle was gone by then. Scandia. Scandia wasn't, it wasn't in effect like it was, like it was now, and by that I mean I didn't, I didn't have a car to get over to, get over to the next city with any, with any reliability, so I played this game at a place called Merv's Little Super. Merv's Little Super was a, it was a deli slash sleazy convenience store across the street from, across the street from the local junior college. We, we lived maybe a mile or so away from Merv's Little Super at the time, and I had a cousin that I would hang out with all the time. This was, this was an Australian chap. You've heard me, you've heard me make mention of him uh, a few times in the past. But he and I would, we would regularly trek over to the Merv's Little Super to go and play, to go and play Smash TV. It was. It was a bit of a ritual between the two of us. We would go down there, we would play Smash TV, get some sodas, get some hot dogs, and just just get out of the house for a while. This was this was in like the waning years of you know living 
living with my folks and I was I was wanting to stretch my wings so any chance I got to get out and do something I took and one of the things that I did with with a lot of regularity was play was play Smash TV. Smash TV is a video game that it emulates a futuristic game show where the purpose is the purpose is to gun people down and gather prizes. It's not really any kind of a game I would play today, but it definitely appealed to the uh, to the post high school. I see, I see robots and my cuz, my cuz from uh, from down under. the The game had an interesting style of play. There are there are two joysticks. One which controls the the direction of your player, and the other controls the controls the direction in which he in which he fires his weapon. There. There are all kinds of like little bonus things you can pick up to give you to give you different weapons and the and the prizes you pick up are the silly stuff it's like TVs, toasters, coffee machines. I don't know if that was one of them. These are these are the kind of things you get. I would also I would also play this game many years later over at the Sebastopol flea market. At one time they had a they had a restaurant inside the in the flea market. They they didn't have a lot of indoor seating. It was mostly just like where you would go to get donuts. But you can get like a hamburger or a hot dog or whatever and take it and go on your way. But they did they did have like four or five video games. And one of these games was Smash TV. And I would frequently after after getting a Diet Pepsi or whatever go over and play a little a little Smash TV. Eventually, I recall one of the one of the joysticks broke and they never they never fixed it, and then eventually they turned that that restaurant into into the flea market offices. I I really miss that place. Murph's Little Super is gone to gone to rather. I think that it is called Ike's nowadays. I think that I think that it's Ike's, and it is known for having some of the most some of the most delicious sandwiches in all of Santa Rosa. I myself have never partaken in one, which is which is my loss. Two point has got them. The wife's got them. She says. She says they are delish. I've just never, never have myself. I guess I don't want to go inside Merv's Little Super and see, see the wall-to-wall sleaze that was this place turned into a, into a nice deli. Merv's Little Super was slow, sleazy. It specialized in, specialized in booze. You know, this was a place where you could get super cheap booze. It was full of winos. They had, they had a giant rack full of magazines that was, Mostly adult magazines. They sold adult movies. They sold all kinds of weird novelties and sort of uh, the off-brand weird things that you get when you go to a convenience store that's not a 7-Eleven or a Circle K or a Wawa or whatever. Whatever it is you have in your neck of the woods, I miss. I miss that place. It was so grody, but it was also also super fun. I bet the people over there probably thought it was a blight. On the neighborhood, but I loved it. I loved to go there. I loved to play Smash TV. I had a great time. Let's find out what's next. What's the number four game of all the time and space? Number four. Gauntlet. My number four arcade game of all the times is a game. A game known as Gauntlet. Gauntlet was released in 1985 by a good old Atari games. I can, I can super distinctly remember the first time that I ever, that I ever saw a Gauntlet game. It wasn't the, it wasn't the first time I ever played. I wasn't given, 
I wasn't given the chance, but I remember going into a going into Aladdin's castle, and I could I could hear the narrator's voice across across the place. And as I as I got nearer and nearer the game, I realized this is this is like Dungeons and Dragons, but it's but it's a video game. Gauntlet is a four player game where you see an overhead view of a dungeon, and each of each of the four players can pick one of four different four different characters. Let's see, let's see if I can if I can recall this off the off the top of my head. You have you have a warrior, a wizard, a lady, and an elf, and each one each one has like minorly different attributes. When I when I went over to try to play the game, I was not able to get. Not able to get anywhere near it. You could you could keep popping in quarters to continue the gameplay, and the the rules of the arcade dictated that once you were up, you could keep pumping quarters in, which was which was something you needed to do because your your health meters started going down as soon as you started playing. It was like you had some kind of a disease, and you were you're already already well on your path to death. You could you could find food which would give you more more health, more hit points, but you could never you could never beat the rate in which it was in which it was automatically going down. Gauntlet was it was like the centerpiece of Aladdin's castle for for a good while after it came out. There were there were like crowds all around it all the time and I I could never I could never get the the chance to get in. It was older dudes with with you know the denim jackets and the feathered hair just rocking out and playing that game. There was there was one time I did I did get the chance to get up to get up on the cab and I I'll never forget it. I will I will now share. I played more than once. This was this was like the first major time that I played. I I got on the cab. We were we were at the mall at the Aladdin's castle and it was it was it was like a slower day in the mall. So when we went up there, I was I was able to get in on a game with three other people. I was able to jump in as the fourth and believe it or not, I actually I got to be the warrior. I I recall everybody Everybody wanted to be the warrior, the warrior or the elf. The elf was super popular too. I guess it it's like it goes on how you how you view yourself, how you view your fictional your fictional fighting skills. Are you a powerhouse like the warrior or are you small and fast like the elf? It depends. Depends a lot on your self-view. Some dudes also, they wanted to be the wizard. There was nothing wrong with the wizard, but I I saw that most people did go for one of one of those two characters nobody wanted to be the Valkyrie, but there was, there was somebody on the Valkyrie in the game when I, when I jumped in. These were kids, they were like roughly my age, I'm thinking I was like 10 to 12, you know, maybe, maybe somewhere in that range, and these were, these were little nerds like myself, we were, we were going at it, and I had, I had a fair amount of quarters that day, most days I did not, but for some reason this day... I got a pocket full of quarters and I'm heading, heading to the arcade and I'm jumping into Gauntlet and we're going at it and we are, we're going past levels and we're just like, we're in, we're in the zone. I remember at one point the, the kid who was to Valkyrie died and he, he ran off. He's like, I'll be back. And he ran through the mall and he did, he did come back like many minutes later. I guess he had to go, he had to go find his parents and beg for more quarters and 
we were we're rocking it. We're just like we're in the zone, and I could hear I could hear over the over the loudspeakers that they were they were getting ready to close the mall. That it was it was getting near that time. We were we were in the zone, like I said, and we're rocking out the gauntlet. We're just passing level after level and pumping quarters in. It was it was super fun. And then I heard I heard the announcement that the mall. The mall was closing, but one of the kids is like, don't worry about it. As long as we're inside, they can't throw us out. It's only for the people, the people who are trying to get in now. So we're playing and we must have, we must have been going at it for an additional 20, maybe 30 minutes when one of the dudes ran out of quarters and he's like, okay guys, I'm out. And he, he turned around and I, I, I felt like, I felt this odd tension. I felt like there's something going on because he was... He was sort of standing there with, with, I could feel a bit of trepidation. So I, I looked over my, my shoulder and there were, there were like the five or six people who were working at Aladdin's castle at the time. I don't even know why it needed that many people, but that's what, that's what it was. And the lights were on. They had turned the lights on in Aladdin's castle and I didn't even notice because I was so in the zone, but I, I noticed it when I turned around and they were all, they were all in a half circle around us looking super angry like they wanted to leave that second and they they didn't they didn't want us to play any longer they wanted to move on and then one of the guy goes you know it's the 4th of July right you know it's the 4th of July and we want to get out of here and we were we were younger and they were older and we're all like i'm so sorry and we and we slinked off i i had no idea that it was the 4th of July. I don't know why. I am sometimes, sometimes obtuse to these things. But the fact that it was this, this important holiday just was right over, right over my head. I imagine that I knew, but I didn't think about it or care. I didn't think that these older dudes probably had like bonfires and beach parties and all these cool things, all these cool things to get to. And I was, I was being an insensitive, self-serving jerk, but it is it's a fun story that I, I remember. We took off. We left the game. We're like, let's get out of here. And we we headed out. Let's uh let's move forward in the show and find out what is my number three arcade game of all the time and space. Number three. Spike Hunter. My number three game of all the time in space is a game known, a game known as Spy Hunter. It was released in 1983 by Bally Midway, and Wikipedia classifies it as a vehicular, a vehicular combat game, and I guess that makes sense. In Spy Hunter, you are, you're behind the wheel of a car, a car that is it's equipped with many James Bond-like weapons. You got machine guns, you got spikes on the tires, you got oil slicks, and you got you got uh smoke clouds, you got you got whatever, and you are you're going down the road, minding your own business, trying to uh trying to kill spies, trying to defend yourself against against various spies who bump you off or shoot you, and every once and again you get the chance to drive up into a truck where you get where you get additional armament. The the first time that I saw Spy Hunter was was at the Chuck E. Cheese. This was this was one of the rare times that I went to the Chuck E. Cheese without without ordering pizzas. It was one of the rare times I went there without my family. Me and a couple of me and a couple of my dogs got dropped off at the mall, and the Chuck E. Cheese 
was across the street and down the ways a bit from the mall. You could easily get there. We got dropped off at the mall and we weren't, we weren't going to get picked up for a while. And as I recall, we had already done, already done Aladdin's castle and we were looking for, looking for some new thrills. We were young, young thrill seekers. So we decided to go across the way and dip into Chuck E. Cheese and see what was going on. But we were all, we were all of the thought that you couldn't go into Chuck E. Cheese unless you bought some pizza. So we, we kind of dipped in slow and low toward the, toward the counter. There was a long walkway and then the, and then the counter and you had to go past the counter and in, into the restaurant. I always felt like because, because of the setup, the way that the counter sort of blocked your entry into the arcade that you had to buy something or you could not go, you could not go down the way. I don't know if that were true, but we we dipped down low and we waited until the pizza gal was looking the other way and we kind of we kind of skedoodled into into the arcade. I remember feeling like so jazzed to be doing doing something that seemed so adventurous. And when we when we got in there, our adventurous spirit was it was quickly paid off because there was there was a brand new game there. I was never I was never into driving games, but when I when I saw when I saw Spy Hunter there it was the the sit down version where you're behind the wheel with the pedals and you got the you got the buttons to fire on the everything is everything in Spy Hunter is perfect. I just I just I just sort of faded away there for a second while I was while I was imagining what it was like. It was just it was just so perfect this this moment of adventurous spirit at discovery. We were on cloud nine, so we we saw the game there, and there was there was this older dude. I remember dude had a beard and he had longer hair. I can still I can still like vaguely vaguely picture this guy. We we thought he was like the coolest dude we'd ever seen because he was there at Chuck E. Cheese and he had he had a bucket, one of those. One of those buckets that you used to get at casinos to carry your your coin winnings around. He had one of those. I think it was from the Caesar's Palace in Tahoe, and it was it was full up to the top with quarters. And he was he was playing Spy Hunter, and just every time he'd go down, he would he would pop in another quarter. And this was this was happening frequently because to me, Spy Hunter is a fairly hard game. I would. I would crash repeatedly, and I still, I still crash like crazy. I don't know if I have ever made it to the boat level. Eventually, you move past your car into a speedboat, and I, I don't even know if I've ever made it to the speedboat point at the arcade. I'm saying in my mind that I didn't because I think that I would have remembered. It's weird to say. I don't know if I remember. I think that, I think that's another way of saying I don't want to admit. I don't want to admit. I know that. I know that it's the truth, but I'm not ready to admit. I have never, I've never made the boat level in the, in the arcade, but we're watching, we're watching this dude play and he's, he's popping it in and I just, I can't believe his opulence. We, we had nothing, as I recall, we were just, we were just looky-loos. We were those kids that hang around the arcade and watch the, the people with jobs play. We were, we were entranced by this game though. It looked it looked so fantastic, and we're we're asking the dude questions while he's playing, and I'm certain, I'm certain that we were bothering him. We're just like, which buttons for the machine gun? How do you get the smoke? What happens here? What's going on? What's what's this song? What's the song that we hear? Just we were 
we were bombarding this dude with questions and he was he was being polite but we could see that we were we were starting to push him a bit and as as youths you know it's um kind of it's kind of fun to push on buttons so we kept we kept answering questions because he was getting more and more annoyed with us and we were we were in that adventurous spirit and eventually we got to where we were like can we have some quarters can we have a couple quarters you have so many quarters look how many you have and i i wasn't leading the charge one of the one of the other guys was and he's like come on you've got like a thousand quarters just give us each one just give us each one and he's like no i'm not going to leave me alone leave me alone he starts going leave me alone i'm trying to play and he he got he got like more emboldened by being told to uh hit the road he's like come on just give us one just give us one we don't have any and the guy stops playing turns and he looks at my friend and he goes right now what you're telling me it got me it got me constipated he goes do you know what it means to be constipated and he goes no i don't know he goes it means i don't give a and <laughs> we started cracking up that this adult like cursed right in right in my friend's face so that's my story that's why i love spy hunter i still love it today it's super hard i absolutely stink at it let's let's move forward and find out what's the what's my number two video game of the arcade era of all the time in space number two Over. time my number two game of all the time and space is a game known a game known as Burger Time. Burger Time was released in 1982 by Data East, and it is uh, what would you what would you say about this? What would you say about the game? It is it's an adventure into a weird world where you are you are some sort of a burger chef who has to has to make burgers all the while evading like hot dogs and fried eggs and all other other sorts of things you you kind of run along a platform i guess that makes it i guess that makes it a platform you're running along a platform and you have to um you have to knock the buns down and the meat down and all these all these things down all the while sausages and things are they're all trying to get up on you and kill you to death it's a super weird game. It is, it's very imaginative. I can't, I can't imagine thinking up this idea of this burger chef being pursued by food while the while trying to make food. I love it. I think that, I think that it's great. I, I was not into burger time back in, back in the actual arcade era. It's, it's a difficult game and I wasn't, I wasn't prone to tossing my my quarters into things that that I stunk at and I I madly stunk at Burger Time but it is the arcade game that I play that I played the most today they they have it on a main cabinet over at Scandia and every time we go there it's my it's my go-to game I will always play that main cabinet and the first game I always start with is Burger Time I don't know I don't know how I got started back into the Burger Time thing because they have all the all the arcade classics on this thing and I I could pick and play whatever I wanted. It may be that I that I want to play a game that I'm not super familiar with. Maybe I want I wanted a new experience. So I said, well, didn't play a lot of Burger Time. Let's give that a shot. And now with my improved adult manual dexterity, I'm able to have a little more fun with it than I 
than I did before. I can usually clear the first couple, the first couple of screens, which is, which is well more than I ever could have done. I would barely, I would barely be able to, to beat a burger or make a burger is what I meant to, what I meant to say. I could barely even make one. Now I can make, I can make like eight to 12 burgers sometimes. So there is that, you know, there's like that feeling of satisfaction being good at something that I was, that I was not good at at all. Back in the uh, back in the olden times, I I had the chance to play an actual Burger Time cabinet. They have one at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk in the warm California sun. They have they have one there. They have a very small retro area, massive arcade, massive arcade, very small retro area. But they do have they do have a Burger Time, and I was able to I was able to get down on that, and that was that was cool. It has nice side graphics of the of the Burger Chef. It's a it's an attractive machine. Burger Time is just, it's just a good, solid game. It's very imaginative. The, the gameplay itself is, it's pretty, pretty good. Sometimes it's hard to, hard to get down a ladder, but the game itself overall, I feel like, I feel like it reacts pretty well. The controls are, the controls are easy. You get, you get a fair amount of pepper. Pepper is what you can use to, um, stun stun your opponents, and I just, I think that overall, the game comes together really well, it holds up really well, and I always, I always have fun, and I always get a good, I get a good challenge when I, when I play some, when I play some Burger Time, so for those reasons, it's my number two game of all the time in space, it's, it's, it's time, let's, uh, let's get ready, let's move into, let's move, uh, forward in the world and find out what is my number one arcade game of all the time in space. And here it is. After all that waiting and the talking and the talking, I see Robot's favorite arcade game of all the times. What else? Of course it's Miss Pac-Man. My favorite arcade game of all the time and space is a classic. It's a classic that goes by the name of... Goes by the name of Miss Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man is a maze game that was... It was released by Midway in June of... January, rather, of 19... Of 1982. I have... I have been into Miss Pac-Man my... The entirety of my arcade life. They had... They had a Miss Pac-Man game at the bowling alley here in good old Rincon Valley, and I would, I would play this game all the time with, me and my buddy would roll over there and we would play Miss Pac-Man at least two or three times a week. And when I, when I say that, I don't mean that I played two or three times, I meant we would ride over there for the purpose of playing two or three times a week. Once we got over there, we would play, we'd play at least a few times. I... I consider Miss Pac-Man to be the the ultimate test of arcade skill. I think that I think that everybody has played Pac-Man or Miss Pac-Man so many times in their life that we are all to some degree on equal footing with Pac-Man. So when when the challenge goes out there, there is no there is no great equalizer like Miss Pac-Man. I I have a Miss Pac-Man machine in the in the garage of the Earth base. It is, it is the only arcade cabinet I have ever owned in my life. Unfortunately, it does not work right now. If, if you're some kind of an expert in this, I, I could use help. I would like to get this, 
I would like to get this running. I miss, I miss having it when it was. It was up and running for a good, a good long time. And then one day it starts up, but it doesn't, it doesn't go to the, the screen that it's supposed to. It's like on some, some wiggly, some wiggly screen. And I would love to get this running, man. I, I would play it, I would play it all the time. I'd go out there and I'd have a, I'd have a few rounds. Me and the wife would have a few rounds when, 2.0 owner had some friends over. They would go out there and they would play because they got a kick of having having one of these, one of these so close and so so accessible. I I think that I own the one that was in the bowling alley. I do not I do not know this for sure. I bought it from a local guy who who fixes up arcade games. He works at a charity that. They work with kids with um, learning disabilities, and they they get together and they fix these machines and they sell them for for you know the the funding for the group. I bought this one from them, and on the side of the game, a a name is scratched in. It looks like it was scratched in with either a pen or some kind of a knife or something, and it is the name of the friend that I hung out with and played there. And the kid the kid had a he had a bit of a of a unique name. Okay, it was. I'll just say it. His name was Macintosh, and Macintosh is scratched on the side of the machine. I don't know. Maybe there's a couple other Macintoshes running around Santa Rosa. Maybe this game is from a far off land. But I like to, I like to imagine when I go and I see it that it is the same one that we that we used to play. There is. There's just nothing better. Nothing better than Miss Miss Pac-Man, and, and for that reason. I pick it as my number one game of all, all the time and space. But there are, there are many other, many other amazing games out there. And I want to, I want to take this chance. I want to give a shout out to some other games that deserve shouting at. Big shout out to NBA Jam and Cyberball. You're both in the house. Big shout out to Street Fighter of all. Maybe on the deals, Nick. Of all varieties, big shout out to Mortal Kombat. A big shout out, big shout out to Pit Fighter. They had you, they had you a Merv Little Super too. Shout out to Donkey Kong. Shout out to Tapper. Shout out to, shout out to Kung Fu Fighter. I, I dug you the most. Shout out to Track and Field Man hitting those buttons until, until your fingers bled. This was before you knew that pencil trick. Big shout out to Tron. Big shout out to Tron and your your glowing blue joystick. Big shout out to Battlezone. You're one of the first games I ever, ever remember playing. We gotta, we gotta give a shout out to Pac-Man himself. You are, you are in the house. Shout out to Galaga and Defender. They had you down at the round table down the street. There are just, there are just so many great video games that I, I'm running out of time to name them all. You're all, you're all in the house. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. All right, we are back. We are back for the final moment, the final segment, the final, the final everything of this particular episode. This is me, Icy Robots, and we are 
We're going to head up out of here imminently. I, I partook in my first post-Toys R Us shopping trip for toys the other day. The, the Toys R Us is still open as, as we speak, but it is, it is more of, it's more of a sad sight than anything. I do, I do plan on going down again just to, just to kiss the floor and say goodbye. And it's sad. And I, I just want to, want to make sure I got one, one last, at least one in there. But I, I'm still also on the hunt for, I'm on the hunt for new toys, dude. So I had to, I had to get up out there and I had to see what, um, what there was in the world. I'm looking for, I'm looking for the second series of the, the Star Wars dudes that are out right now. The, the solo dudes. There is, there's a, a Princess Leia in the in the Hoth getup that I that I wanted. I like how I like how her braids are are going across across the top of her head, and I uh and I wanted that, so we had to go we had to go over to the Target. I guess the I guess the Target on Santa Rosa Avenue is the new the new number one toy spot, which is. Which is a shame. It has nowhere near the amount of space that there was over at the over at the TRU, but they do they do have a fairly large selection. They have they have like a whole big area on the side. It's huge and it's full of toys and it's and it's fine. It's it's not the TRU. What I what I like about the TRU is that it was is still all toys. It's all toys. I don't have to, I don't go, have to go past the, uh, girls' clothes. I don't have to go past the towels and the greeting cards and all these, all these things to get to the toys. I go past, I go past other toys to get to the toys that I want. So I, I don't know. We might start, we might start parking on the other side. There are two entrances. One of them, one of them is more near, near the toys. And I think I might demand that we park there so I can go directly to the toys and pretend like I'm in a toy store. I, I have mental problems. I <laughs> I need that. So we uh we dipped down over there to look for this Princess Leia that I wanted and we we found it. They have they had all the new solos in stock. I was happy to get this one. She she's a pretty fair it's a pretty fair likeness of um the lovely Carrie Fisher from the planet of Hoth and the blaster is a, a replica that's pretty much on point to the Real blaster. I'm looking at it at it right now. In the face, she she looks a lot like a lot like Harry Fisher. More so, more so than the the old Kenner figures. The Kenner figures, of course, have an amazing amount of charm, but they they get a lot of nice details to the face for a $7.99 action figure. And she has she has a rubberized coat, which is something that I that I always like. So I I pick that up and. We we spent some time. I, I I said you know I gotta I gotta go through this. I gotta I gotta I gotta learn to adjust. So we we went through the entirety of of the toy section, and it it took a good while. They have nice selection of of just about everything. the The action figure selection is it's comparable to the to the TRU. They don't carry some things that I that I really like. For example, Mini Mates. They don't have Mini Mates at at uh, Target, and I, I do enjoy I do enjoy checking out the latest Mini Mates releases. They don't seem to have as much of the of the scary McFarland stuff, which isn't my cup of tea. But I I do like I like checking it out. It's it's not what I would call a bare bones toy store, but it's not 
It's not a TRU. I hope that I hope that these rumors about KB Toys are accurate. They they have said that they're gonna do some pop up stores in December, and depending upon the the success level of the pop ups, they might they might open up some actual stores. So let's uh let's hope that let's hope that's all in effect. But I I guess in my heart of hearts, I find it. I find it hard to believe. I find it hard to imagine a world where there are actual KB toy stores here, here in Santa Rosa. At one point, we had two. We had one in the mall. It was downstairs in the mall. I used to go there all the time for for a while. That was more my spot than the than the TRU. My folks would go to the mall a lot more than they would go all the way down Santa Rosa Avenue. So I would um, hit that place up like like all the time. And then there was another one in Montgomery Village where where Copper Fields is. We would. We would have like a three-store circuit. Once I once I got older and more into like toy collecting, we had a three-store circuit. We'd have the KB in the mall, KB in Cottingtown, KB in Montgomery Village, rather. And then we would also hit up the uh, Toys R Us. And from time to time, we'd hit up Toy and Model in uh in Cottingtown. It was it was a golden age of toy stores, and I, I hate to think that that age that age is going away. We have a we have an independent toy store here in town called Kaleidoscope Toys. They they do have some action figures. We dipped in there. They had some Jurassic Park stuff, but they mostly they mostly have like educational toys. I wonder I wonder sometimes with these smaller toy stores if it's if it's just if it's hard to get the the vendors to sell you like the Star Wars black and like the Marvel Legends. I don't know because I don't know why why you never see those in the indie toy stores. You do see them in comic book stores, but not not in these indie toy stores. We have another Another toy store, it's an indie store, the toy store over in Sebastopol, and they, they used to have a store here in Santa Rosa as well, and they would never have action figures. They'd have, like, Playmobiles, Playmobiles and Legos and things like that, but never Star Wars Black, never, never McFarlane toys, never Minnie Mates, never, never things like that, but, um, you know, time marches on, and it's sad, but you do, you do gotta live in the present, you can definitely enjoy your memories of the past, but the reality is, you live in the now, you gotta live in the now, you gotta, you gotta do what you can, you can't fret, you can't fret that much, so I will, I will be hitting up the Target, I will be doing my best to enjoy that, I found that if we looked at every single thing, every single section, like if we go through, I spent time with her looking at the Barbies, she likes the Barbies, if I kinda look at them with the clinical eye of a toy collector, and, and I can have fun doing that, and I, I even had fun looking at, like, the Play-Dohs and stuff. There are some fun Play-Doh things. I saw this neat, um, Play-Doh, what would you call it, a, it was kind of like a forming grill, but you would use it to make hamburgers. It was like a mold that shaped the various pieces of a hamburger, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like that forming grill format. That looked really fun. It came with, like, four cans of Play-Doh, and it was only, like, $9.99. I, I considered getting it. I've been, I've been goofing around with some Play-Doh. I bought some Play-Dohs, and I found a, um, like a Play-Doh Fun Factory at the Dollar Tree, a knockoff, and I have been having fun with that, and I see the value in spending time doing these things. It's really, it's really a good way to get your mind off what's going on, you know, just, like, make some Play-Doh spaghetti and, uh, wrap it around your finger. The smell, the smell alone is worth it. I almost bought, I almost bought this, uh, Foreman Grill, this Play-Doh Foreman Hamburger Grill. Maybe I still will. I don't know, it was only nine bucks, that's, uh, you can't beat that price, you know, you can't beat, you can't beat nine bucks, and you know what else you can't beat, you can't beat the quality that, uh, an old wrestling magazine brings into your life, I, 
I've been following this page called Classic Wrestling Matches and Mags and Homeboy. Homeboy over there has been scanning in all these, all these fantastic pictures from the old, the old after mags. That's what we call them, the, the mastermind behind these things with this cat named Bill After. It's probably actually like Stanley Weston, but uh, Bill After is the dude that that we know. These are the kind of magazines you would see down at the at the newsstand where there'd be like a picture of, for example, Dusty Rhodes covered in blood, wearing the wearing the proverbial crimson mask, getting getting the beat down on Ric Flair or maybe getting the beat down from from the four horsemen Tully, Arn, Oli, and Ric Flair with uh with little JJ Dillon thrown in there, you know, you'd see that kind of stuff. And this this page on Facebook's been really putting out some neat, neat images. So I I highly I highly recommend you go over there. It's classic wrestling matches and mags on Facebook. You gotta gotta give them a thumbs up and then these things start showing up in your feed and if you wanna you want to reminisce about the days of old wrestling this is this is definitely your one-stop place this is for all the guys who don't like the product nowadays and i know that i know there's a lot of you out there so consider classic wrestling matches and mags as you uh as you guys can tell we are entering the summer months the the hottest yuckiest time of the year and that, uh, that means in, in one sense, you know, it's like you get to have a lot of fun, you get to go out, you get to do, you get to do a lot of fun things, a lot of, a lot of fun movies are coming out, Jurassic Park, Ant-Man and the Wasp, all sorts of, all sorts of cool things, but it also, it also leads to, uh, at least a bit of difficulty here on the, on the Jupiter moon base, school is out, life is going on, so kind of emotionally prepare yourself for for getting maybe a little bit of a shorter shows over the next period of time, I I always do my best to put everything into every every episode. But uh, as you know, as the summer months begin, the uh, the difficulty in putting the putting the time the time in starts to it uh, starts to weigh, and there just may be there may be shows with less features. There may be things like that. But um, it's gonna be it's gonna be all good. It's gonna be all fun. We. We always have, always have a nice time around here at the, uh, at the ISR, at the ISR moon base, down on Earth Base 1. I, I moan about the heat of the summer, but I do, I do like the summer. I like the, uh, I like the opportunities to go swimming. We're planning on doing some more swimming this year than we did last year. I like, I like things like that. I don't, I don't dig the heat, but I, I do dig the, uh, the experiences. You know, we're gonna, gonna go to the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk this year, gonna do a bunch of fun, cool stuff, and a lot of that fun, cool stuff somewhat cuts into the, uh, the time spent recording here. I, I use a lot of, use a lot of my vacation time from Pooptronics to, uh, go out there and, you know, live a, live a fruitful life, but, you know, part of living a fruitful life is doing this. I really, I really enjoy, really enjoy rapping at you guys. I enjoy talking about toys. I, I like doing all that fun stuff. You know, I just just may have a little less time to do it than I normally do. So emotionally prepare yourself for the possibility that there may be some shorter shows, some featureless shows until, you know, until the schools, the schools are back in, I guess, is uh, what I uh, what I mean, what I mean to say. Is there anything else? Is there anything else on the agenda to uh, talk about. Not sure what next week's show is going to be about. It's going to be about something fun. I, I'm batting around a few ideas. We need to we need to induct 
the next inductee into the Five Mike Hall of Fame. That's that's something I know. I know we're gonna we're gonna get an update. We're gonna get an update on uh, Johnny Five's cryptocurrency. I'm not sure if it's gonna be AB or J Five on the show, but they're they're gonna talk about the uh, the release the release of the crypto coins, the Johnny coins. I don't know if you guys bought any. I myself, I didn't. I I invested in this uh, this Princess Leia figure. I guess I I tend to I tend to invest in encased plastic, and I also invest in, uh, comic books. I didn't get any comics this week. I did, I did get my weekly comics from over at, uh, Comics for the Win, my man Chris's shop. I went over there, I saw Tatiana. What did I get? I got the, uh, latest episode issue, rather, of The Archies. Let me reach out. I'll talk about, hold on. Let me see. Oh, it's just past my reach. Oh, you guys missed it. I used the force to pull these comics into my into my clutches. I got I got a couple. I got um I got the uh, latest issue of the Archies, which is sadly the last issue of the Archies. The Archies is about Archie's band, which is known as the Archies, and the the hook is that every every month they have like a famous a famous band in it. Like they had Blondie, they had Churches, they had Tegan and Sarah. Which I thought was really fun. For a period of time, Jughead went off and he was he was the drummer for Tegan and Sarah. I got this book called DC Nation. This was like a quarter. And it has has three different stories and it has the the first Bendis Superman story that I have yet read. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Lois Lane has left the Daily Planet for another job and they're expecting Clark Kent to step up and be more of a reporter. I enjoyed it. There's a Batman story about the Joker that I thought was really good. It leads into the into the Batman Catwoman marriage, which I think is, which I think is cool, but also weird. And then I got, um, I got Daredevil, Daredevil number 602. I haven't had the chance to read this yet, but there is, there's some kind of female ninja on the cover. And then I also got, let me grab this one. I was looking at this. I got, I got Kick-Ass number four by Mark Miller and John Romita Jr. This is, this is a tale of a new Kick-Ass. It's not the it's not the high school kid. She's a she's an army vet who's down on her luck, and she she um she's pulling heists. She's pulling heists dressed as a superhero to get to get some snaps. I got all these. It was a pretty good week in comic. These are all things that I am I'm putting them back in the in the paper sack. I am um, looking forward to all of those. Oh, I got some new icy robots radio stickers. Here on the moon base, I got a couple varietals. If you are, if you're interested in getting up on one of those, just hit me up with a message. Hit me up on Facebook. That's facebook.com backslash robots, or hit me up on Twitter. You're going to need to send me your address, but um, if you're cool doing that, I'll uh, I'll send you out a couple of these. They're really neat. I, I like the uh, graphic. It's like two guys in a wrestling mask. It's the, the super intelligent destroyer in a, in a destroyer mask. It's a good sticker. If you want one, Hit me up on Facebook, send me a message, hit me up on Twitter, send me a message. I'm more than happy to whip one of these out your way. I think I think it's cool to have these for you guys. Uh, anybody wants one, let me know. I think that, I think that's about it. So, until next time, this is me, Icy Robots, saying I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of here. It's signing off episode. I had to look and see what number episode it was. I completely forgot. So, episode number 156. This is me, Icy Robot, signing off for uh, Engineer Emily, Melissa over in Pod B, A.B. Silver, Johnny Five, Iceberg, everyone else. 
who helps out. Until then, if you don't know, now you know. E-L-E. That's right, E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. This has been an IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day R. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. KBHK TV 44, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, Bay Area Cable 12.